Welcome everybody back to another episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. My name is Adam Rogers and alongside me is co-host Steve Mez. The Team Blaney Podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been diehard followers of the Blaney Racing family for about two decades. Today we closely follow third generation driver Ryan Blaney, who pilots the number 12 Ford Mustang for Team Penske on the NASCAR Cup Series circuit. Each week on the podcast we will review Ryan's latest NASCAR race and preview the race for the upcoming weekend, offering news, notes, statistics, and analysis steve we're back at it after a interesting throwback weekend at darlington for the goodyear 400 ryan was in a throwback paint scheme that went back to his days in the super late model ranks it was a pretty nice looking car with that black and white and red color scheme my only uh my only beef with that car was it did seem a little bit hard to find spot on the track a little bit so it's going to make a really great die cast and really great photos and that kind of stuff but you never think you'll miss that you know bright yellow car but sometimes you do the design that was the thing that got you because you got used to the penske design with the way those the, those colors come off the side toward the numbers and uh, those are easier to pick up it seems like because you oh that's a penske car you can almost tell it's a penske car and yeah it was uh, weird because the hood was just black with white and and that um uh, was kind of hard to pick out if there was a third color there i would have thought it may be a little bit easier but but it was a really really cool car throwing back to the the super late model car that he drove for db racing which essentially was dave blaney (laughs) it was the one that that built that Mm -hmm. car and and, you know put him in the seat as he was uh, just starting to get out get out there and get into some stiffer competition so like i said really slick looking car hopefully they make some sort of a die cast i think they usually do with his throwback car every year and i'll definitely pick that one up now overall steve I made this joke, uh, I think on Twitter too, that it was fitting that it was throwback weekend at Darlington and then a driver kind of goes out there and spanks the field and wins by multiple seconds and got out there and hit huge leads because if you watch some of those old-time NASCAR races, I think they brought up a Ned Jarrett race that, at Darlington at one time where he won by like 12 or 15 laps or something. So throwback weekend proved to be true, at least when it came to the racing. At the end of stage two, Truex had a 15-second lead half the half a lap and if there hadn't been stage breaks and there hadn't been competition caution and you know and a couple of the cautions he may have lapped all but maybe six cars or five cars you know and you know it just yeah it was crazy once you were good and you were in uh clean air and you were better than uh, everybody else you know he was all actually all four of the um Gibbs cars had it figured out. Yeah, and that's the scary thing with Martin Truex is I know last year he had a little bit some struggles here and there. I mean, he was running in the top five, top ten all year, but only won the one race. But when that team hits on a setup, and specifically in this package, he loved the package that they ran at Darlington this past weekend, he he has a tendency to just run away with some of these races and kind of just shows the strength of that team at times. And now they're the only team that's won multiple races this year, and they've won three. Yeah, it's um, that's okay. You can win a bunch of races now, and uh, you know everybody else just has to get better. We get better by the, uh, the last ten races of the year. Get to the playoffs, and then get better. Then. Speaking of getting better, it was another weekend where Ryan went to a track that wasn't necessarily his best, but turned out a good performance. So let's recap the Goodyear 400. Ryan Blaney race recap. Darlington Raceway. Okay, big old Darlington weekend uh, competition caution was at lap 30, and then the stage breaks were lap 90, 185, and of course the final was at 293. Um, to the rear at the beginning, they had the 9 and the uh, 10 car, and um, the 9 was supposed to start 6, so that's in Ryan's lane, so he moved up a spot right before we even started the race, and uh, 
Ryan makes a comment during the pre-race about the five car being really flared out. He says like they used to be. So, um, you know, these guys are sitting in the car and they still can see things that they think uh, somebody's got a little advantage that they might not have. Lap uh, by lap five, he's at P12, and uh, the lap lap seven, the first caution comes out for the ten car, and um, there were a couple wicked hits on the back stretch. Uh, and that ten car was one of them, and I believe the forty-one later on, and uh, it's really strange because it kind of turned into the wall, you know, coming out of the turn. And uh, yeah, both in the both in the same spot, the cars looked identical. Their the front tires were up off the ground. I know you'll get to a little bit later, but it was Mother's Day and, you know, that 41 car had perfectly was bent to where the Happy Mother's Day was was shown proudly out onto the screen. So, unfortunately for Cole Custer, it ended his day. But, yeah, the struggles continue for that 10 car and Eric Almirola, who I know at some point they'll get it back together and they'll be a top 10 machine again like they've been the last couple of years. But they have had a rough start to the season and smashing that car up and within the first couple of laps did uh, not help anything um so most of the cars stay out for that um ryan says they're a little tight uh taking off but um todd says a lot of the comments from the other cars are that everybody's tight too so it should get better as the air pressures come up the choose cone uh the leader chooses the bottom ryan the top now basically all race long he just they count them off and uh the leader seems to take the bottom but the higher lane is the better lane to start in at darlington you want to be in that higher lane um, everybody's going to fight to get to that higher lane from the bottom. So, um, he just doesn't, uh, in most of these choose cone situations during the race, doesn't really want to give up a lot of position. So if he's going to lose a spot or two, just to get to high lane, he doesn't do it. By lap 15 is P 13 and, um, lap 21, there's a caution for the, the leader of all things. The, the 18 car has an issue with tire and spins and, uh, they do a good job recovering as the day goes on, but, uh, Ryan's up to, P11 by this point, and um, he passed the 17 right before the caution, actually. They choose to make the la- uh, lap 25, the competition caution, a couple laps early, just based on that. And on the pit cycle, they go in 11th, and they come out 9th. So they gain some positions on the pit stop right away. By lap 30, they're up to 8th. And uh, lap 34, he passes the 3 for 7th. Lap 39 passes the 21 for 6th. So going forward... Um, you know, running consistent laps, that thing you hear, hear about a lot of running the, uh, against the track and not against the other cars, you know, try to find a good pace, try to find a good lap, try not to use up your tires in the long run. And, uh, he does a really good job of that. Especially early on in the races here at Darlington, you see some guys after restarts, just try to get the most out of the cars they possibly can. And then they just drop anchor. Um, so Ryan, we saw this at Atlanta and some several other tracks, I think he's kind of taken that mindset of racing the track and not necessarily his competitors early on in these races so he can figure out what he needs to do in the final stage to make something happen. And the good news was he was doing that and then also gaining positions. And that pit stop the that the pit crew had that first stop was fantastic, already gaining some spots. So all of that things kind of were setting up for a really nice, consistent, good run for this 12 team. So at uh, lap 41, Todd tells him it's a pretty good pace there. And uh, lap 48, he's 1.6 back of uh, a fifth place, which is the 22 car. So he's running up there with his teammates, um, closes that gap a little bit in the next five or six laps by a couple tenths. And then lap 58, the cars start to pit. So the site, they start to cycle. And lap 60, Todd asks him, uh, what do you got? So he wants a, a read on the balance. And he says, a little free, you need to get back to uh, being more secure. They pit the next lap, start the cycle, they're sixth. By lap 72, they're eighth. So the cycle that doesn't go too badly, 
As a matter of fact, next lap or two, they're up to seventh. Todd tells them at lap 80 that they're three-tenths better than the next two in front of them. Uh, at the end of the stage, uh, the 19 does win, and Ryan finishes seventh. So we're on, we've got stage points. We moved up. Done a pretty good job of adjusting the car right off the bat because it's not like screaming about a lot of issues. It's a, just a little tight, little loose one, one way or another. One thing that happened during this stage was his teammate, Brad Keselowski, started up front. And just, I talked about some of these guys dropping anchor. It wasn't, I don't think it was because of equipment or anything but and he was out he was without regular crew chief jeremy bullens due to covid protocols which i think leading into this next race jeremy's going to be out again but they just missed something on that setup and i think we've seen this with this two car once before during the this season as well where it's just brian and joey are running okay and then the third penske car in some instances are just completely off so i don't know whether they've all went different directions on setup and they're trying to experiment but Whatever it was, unfortunately for Brad and that two team, it did not work at Darlington. Um, Ryan talks about they're losing a little bit of front turn, and Todd says they took a little bit of the stagger out, and they're going to put it back in now and try to find some rear end security another way. Something happens here in the pit cycle. They say pit seventh, but end eleventh, and uh, I don't exactly hear what happens. But Todd said something about we'll have to clean that up in here. So, you know, there's something that happened there. There's a penalty on uh, the five car, actually, at this point. So they do gain a position or two based on pen, you know, pit penalties, unfortunately. But by lap 99, he's up to ninth. Then the lap 100 is the caution for the 41. Like you said, it says Happy Mother's Day on, on the car there. But uh, Todd says that we're not coming in after one, one lap <laughs> because they just, you know, they basically just got one lap in there. Um, the, the, the choose cone uh, the leader goes low and ryan goes high once again so they go green at lap 104 but by lap 107 um, there's a caution for the one car and he's uh 10th place by this point kind of makes it hard because uh, todd will ask for comments on handling but uh ryan basically tells him there's nothing really i could tell you because they haven't really run more than two laps three laps without a caution so um, they do go ahead and pit there, uh, pit 10th to come out 8th. So once again, they've got whatever it is fixed and uh, gained a couple positions. Um, the 11th stayed out, um, which, you know, <laughs> doesn't necessarily work out for his, his favor in the long run. Um, they restart the la- uh, lap 115 in 10th position and by lap 118 up to 9th and lap 121 passes the 48 for 8th. Um, at lap 125, he says he's losing his patience with the 14 car. And, uh, then the 48, uh, kind of bumps into Ryan here at this point. And, uh, uh two guys just kind of run out of track looking for the same piece of real estate. I think they're, um, they think they have a tire rub, but, uh, they don't really see anything, any smoke or anything like that. Uh, that's rubbing the tire. They're a little bit afraid of that quarter panel being kind of crushed in though. Um, so they, uh, they're going to have to fit, fix that at the next pit cycle, which starts at uh, lap 139 there. Um, they start the cycle eighth, and they come out seventh. So they actually gain a position during that whole pit cycle of green flag pitting. And uh, lap 156, they're racing with the five car. So, you know, and uh, Todd says he, he's doing, you know, that you're doing good, but I put you in a hole there. So Todd's taking a little bit of blame for them being a little, little tight there. Um with with the changes they made earlier in the race and he he seems to think that that's the problem that ryan's not able to race with somebody or next to somebody uh ryan tells him it doesn't really matter because of the damage from the 48 car to begin with so you know todd says well i got you tight there but ryan's like well it's not just that (laughs) i'm glad you're mentioning this kind of contact but this is something that they didn't really mention at all really on tv 
So you can only hear it here on the Team Blaney podcast, or if you listen to Josh uh, during the race on the on the yeah. scanner. But but yeah, I, I had no, I really no idea that they have there was any contact there with the forty eight car. But it kind of explains some things a little bit. This is when I'm sure you'll go on to the end of the stage where they kind of settle into this seventh and eighth position a little bit here, and that's kind of where I thought, you know, this is where they run in the first stage. They're running like this in the second stage. It's looking like it's a top ten day, which if you go back to Ryan's history at this track, top ten days a record day for him so things are looking relatively up not like we're going to win the race up but good finish good stage points and a, a good weekend altogether. yeah they get uh, lap 159 the five car passes so ryan's an eighth uh, lap 179 the 20 car is coming they tell him but he's on lap nine lap newer tires that's part of it they tell him he's catching the eight car in front of him though so lap 181 the 20 does pass he ends up ninth so at the end of stage two, uh, he ends up in the ninth position. Once again, though, stage points, um, not as many as you, you know, hope for, but uh, pretty good for, uh, for Darlington, like you said. Ryan asks him to tighten the entry. He says the damage didn't help it either. And I got, once again, that the 19 car won that stage by 14 seconds. They pit going in ninth and come out eighth. So they gain a spot on pit road, which is pretty good. And Todd tells them to pull out the rear uh, you know, the rear around the tire there, as long as it doesn't cost me time. So that's pretty good pit stop considering that they're making sure they fix their damage there too. Choose cone. The leader takes the low and Ryan actually gets the low this time too. So um, that last run was 45 laps without a caution, which is pretty good. Ends up being P7 after the restart. Lap 202. Josh says to make him, make him use it. The 20 cars coming at him, trying to pass him. And he's uh, basically for the next bunch of laps, Ryan runs the same line so that the 20 car really can't. I mean, if he's going to pass him, he's going to have to make a move to pass him. And uh, he has a lot of problems doing that. He gets next to Ryan. And then by the time they're out of the turns, he's back in the back behind him. That's, I mean, typical Darlington. You have to pull a slide job there every once in a while, but it doesn't always work out. And you have to be strategic about it because if you do that and it fails, one, you could end up in the wall, or two, you kind of try it and then bail, and then you're getting freight trained a little bit until you can get back up again. So Darlington's a really, it's like a rhythm, uh, rhythmic track. There's, mo- there's a lot of momentum you have to do. You kind of have to get into rhythm. And if you kind of get out of that, it's really easy to get past. And it's really dangerous to make some of those passes if you think you're just on the edge or you're just about the same speed as the guy in front of you. It really seems like you have to pick and choose your battles at that point. And um, one thing that you can do to frustrate some people, and I think you are saying that Ryan was frustrated with the 14 car at one point, and I'm guessing the 14 was doing exactly what he was doing to the 20. So, But that's racing. you got to keep the guy behind you. Lap 219, they talk about what to do here with the with the next set of pitting that comes up. He says, I don't know what to ask for. I don't want to lose any turn, but need more rear security coming off of two. Um, so lap 223, they're pitting um, the seventh on the start of the cycle and seventh at the end of the cycle. So they don't lose any positions on the pit cycle, which is good. Uh, lap 230, he's P7, and I've got eight seconds off the lead at this point. And I was kind of like wondering about that because of what happened in stage two. So. Lap 239 here, um, Ryan says he feels a lot looser now, which is good. Uh, they ask about the temps in case they want to put some more tape on the grill. They tell him at lap 251, the 24 is getting loose in front of you, so kind of look out for that. 254, they start pitting also. So he goes in seventh, and the 22, we've got a penalty for too fast on pit road. But Ryan ends up about fifth place at this point, so he's doing a pretty good job uh, on that pit cycle. 
And like I said, one or two guys got penalized. He made up the ground at lap 270. He says he's a little bit sideways. So he starts to lose a little bit of positions. And and, and this is where he actually, where he hits the wall. So you know, he ends up fading back to eighth there. And at 272, they talks about a tire rub too. So I was like devastated at this point because he had run such a solid race in the top 10 and then found himself in the top five through one great pit stops all day and a good pit stop on the last one. He did luck into a couple of spots there from guys getting penalized. I knew Hamlin at that one point was on his way and probably was going to pass him and he would be in at least about six. And I thought they could cruise to that, you know, finish at the end of there and then boom, hits the wall that they did kind of show some, some footage of that on TV a little bit. And then it's just like, ah, I was just deflated because I knew, I thought, you know, that damage, you're talking about a tire rub, and I'm like, it's only a matter of time before I'm like, I was just thinking, hopefully he just keeps keeps running up high, so that way if he hits the wall, it's not going to (laughs) hurt. So, but as you continue on, you'll see things kind of went a different direction. Yeah, like 272 is P9, uh, position nine from the tire rub. And at 274, he asks where the next spot is behind him because he kind of wants to make sure that he can run a little bit more conservative laps if he has to. Um, Josh tells him the 17 is like 15 seconds back. So, you know, he's got some time. Um, and at 285, he's pretty much maintaining that. And then the 20 pits. So he gains a position on that because the 20 had some sort of tire issue. The 20 was probably the fourth best Gibbs car, and yet he was a top five, top six car. <laughs> That's how good the Gibbs cars ran. But Ryan does get to eighth position by that point, and the 19 does win the race. But uh, Ryan uh, puts a solid day in and uh, gets a uh, top 10 finish. Really, really good day as far as far as I'm concerned. I just mentioned the pit stops, but again, there's times during the season where some fans were really getting on this pit crew, but they performed above and beyond this weekend at Darlington and just hope that they have a race like that when he's got a car in contention for the win, because that can be a difference maker uh, Mm -hmm. for him to go to victory lane for a second time this year. So I would say top 10 finish at Darlington. I didn't expect it, but I thought it was a possibility, especially since he went into a track like Richmond earlier this year and improved there. So this is just another week where we keep hammering out how this is a different Ryan Blaney this year. It's a different team. They're really working on, you know, getting the basics together, focusing on, at least seems like, seems like focusing on racking up stage points and they're being successful so far. And it's really, really exciting to see. Yeah. The final, like there was always like a final comment there. And Ryan says, um, that's a good notebook to come back here with. So, um, whatever they learned as far as what to do with the car coming off the truck, um, they didn't have to adjust it much and, uh, they were adjusted adjusting it enough that he could actually uh, race some people with it. So so coming out of this race at Darlington, he still remains in the fifth spot in the NASCAR Cup Series. Point standings, 124 points back of Denny Hamlin, who's the leader. I know we keep talking about this projected playoff ranking. NASCAR.com says he's down into the sixth position now in the projected playoff rankings. Depending on which flavor of website you pick, it's going to be different here and there. So we might as well just wait until the end there. But the good news is, is that he's not on the, you know, cut line or anything like that. No, the adjusted one that takes the, the Hamlin, the point leader out, and then also puts in all the stage points and uh, bonus points in, has him third actually still so that's the one i love because it's that's what's going to line up that first week as um those bonus points you know it's an extra point or two i mean tricks is you know tricks has 15 of them now or 16 17 of them you know whatever it is now so 
Truex has got a good lead before we even start the playoffs. Yeah, because with his two stage wins on top of the race win at, Dar- at Darlington, Truex picked up a couple more playoff points that way too. So we do need to rack up some more stage victories. That'll be nice uh, to keep padding some of that here. But, man, it feels feels really good to, to see this team running the top five in points at this, at this stage in the season and running in the top ten and uh, better at some of these tracks that he struggled with and also some of these tracks that are going to be the, in the first round of the playoffs this year. So like Ryan said at the end of that race, keep building that notebook. Uh, it's really going to help out in that first round, which this team really struggled at last year and when they found themselves on the outside looking in at the end of that round. So another great run for Ryan Blaney and the number 12 team Penske Ford Mustang with Todd Gordon on the box and a great effort by the pit crew. So I think that wraps up our review of the Goodyear 400 for Ryan Blaney. This week in NASCAR history. Kicking off this week in NASCAR history, May 11th, 1963, Joe Weatherly prevails in a confusing two-part running of the Rebel 300 at Darlington Raceway. The race is run in a doubleheader format with Weatherly winning the opening 150-miler and Richard Petty taking the second half. A complicated point system is used to determine the race winner. Weatherly edges Fireball Roberts by 6.1 points. Hmm. Kind of sounds like a precursor to the uh, NASCAR All-Star Race. <laughs> Jumping ahead to May 10th, 1975, Daryl Waltrip racks up his first career NASCAR Winston Cup Grand National victory with a two-lap triumph in the Music City USA 420 at his hometown Nashville Speedway. Benny Parsons comes home second with Cuckoo Marlin in third. May 15, 1978, Willie T. Ribbs, America's leading African-American race driver, fails to appear for two special practice sessions in preparation for the upcoming World 600 at Charlotte. Team owner Will Cronkite, irked with Ribbs' absence, replaces him with the relatively unknown short track driver, Dale Earnhardt. May 15, 1983, Bobby Allison takes the points lead with a narrow victory over Daryl Waltrip in the Mason-Dixon 500 at Dover Downs International Speedway. The race finishes under the yellow flag as a torrential downpour hits the one-mile oval. And wrapping up this edition of This Week in NASCAR History, May 10th, 1997, Mark Martin prevails in the nonstop Winston 500 at Talladega Super Speedway and holds off Dale Earnhardt to win in record time. Martin averages a staggering 188.354 miles per hour in the caution-free event. It is Martin's first NASCAR Winston Cup victory since the 1995 season. Think about that. Three flags. That's it. Three flags. A green, a white, and a checkered. You don't see that too often. Mm -mm. That wraps up this week in NASCAR history. Tune in again next week as I break out the history books and take you on a trip through the history of NASCAR. Ryan Blaney, Weekend Preview. Dover International Speedway. Okay, Steve, we've left Darlington Raceway and we're headed north to Dover International Speedway for the Dry Dean 400 Sunday, May 16th. 2 p.m. Eastern Time. You can catch the race on TV on FS1 or on the radio on MRN and SiriusXM NASCAR Radio. Stage breaks in this race are at lap 120 to 40, and the checkered flag falls at lap 400 for the 400-mile race. We're taking a look at Ryan Blaney's stats going into this race at Dover. Two top 10 finishes in his career, but an average finish of 19.6. His last top 10 came in the uh, fall race of 2018. Now keep in mind this year, this is our only trip to Dover. Oh, yay, that's good. 
no, no, no offense to Dover. It's it's become a, a really kind of a strange track. I would love to see if they just put some asphalt on it and see what would happen. I think the racing would become better. But to me, the racing is it's kind of rough there. If you don't hit it out of the park, you know, guys just just start blowing by you after a while. And it's also one of those tracks where guys do kind of get out to a sizable lead. People have called it like a like a Bristol on steroids or something. Where I mean, I can see it. It's high banked. It's got the concrete and everything, but. Um, it's a really, I always bring up, you know, video games and stuff. It's one of my favorite ones to run in the video games just because of the high banking and the rhythm that you have to kind of get into as you're playing a game there. I know it's absolutely nothing like what the drivers are actually experiencing and the G-forces and everything that they're going through at this track. I know some drivers really like it, but like you were saying, the sometimes the racing's a little bit lackluster. And But if um, we take a look back here at, at Ryan's uh, last few finishes there, he's got a 35th place finish in 2019 a 15th place finish in 2019 his uh the two races last year a 12th and a 14th so trending in the right direction though this team doesn't want to be a top 15 team they want to be a top 10 top 5 team it it led 37 laps last year too so um you know started started seventh got out to the lead uh somewhere in there and you know and ran some laps out front so um Starting this, according to Bob Pockrass, starting seventh this week. So um, you're not very far from the front um, and really kind of depends on uh, how those initial starts go. A lot of guys try to get as much as they can on the start there. Uh, Real interesting week to watch pit stops, too, because pit road there is very, very small. The pit boxes are very small. The, uh, The actual width of the pit lane is very small. You've basically got two lanes, and, you know, if you get too far over, you can be bumping into somebody on pit lane itself. So uh, it's going to be an interesting week to navigate all that. And you don't particularly have much time to get yourself woed down and onto that pit lane too, which when they're talking about Darlington, they came from a place where I think someone described it as it almost feels like you're driving down into the infield to, to pit to going to a place like Dover here where it's like you got to get on the brakes relatively quickly and then get down into that pit lane and then hope that you're not side by side with somebody because it's probably not going to work out too well and then also be very very careful listen to your crew chief and spotter when you're exiting your pit stop too because again if there's anybody out on the outside it's going to be rough going getting out uh onto back out onto the track so taking a look back at the last few winners at dover um this is weird. The, a couple of weeks uh, in a row here, we've been talking about how Ryan's teammates at Team Penske have been uh, among the, the winners uh, at these tracks. But the last time a Team Penske car went to victory lane at Dover goes back to the 2012 season uh, when Brad Keselowski won the fall race at Dover. But since then, it has been a bunch of not Penske cars. <laughs> um, Kevin Harvick won the fall race last year. Denny Hamlin won the spring race. Going back to the fall race of 2019, Kyle Larson won spring race of 2019. Truex won, and Truex is one of those guys coming off of that victory last week. So somebody to watch this fall race of 2018, Chase Elliott went to victory lane. Spring race of 2018, Kevin Harvick went to victory lane. We also got Kyle Busch there, and then I believe this was Jimmy Johnson's last victory in 2017. Uh, He went to victory lane in the spring race. So... Not a not a lot of Penske guys necessarily going to victory lane there, going all the way back to 2012. But maybe as Ryan continues to improve uh, this season, but then also at Dover overall, maybe as a shot to maybe bump up into the top 10, top five this week. 
this is one of those places it's got to be really careful because um, when there's an issue, especially on a restart, there's not a lot of room or width on the front stretch or back stretch to go anywhere. Um, you basically end up down to that wall. And uh, I've seen some things in, in the last, you know, 10, 20 years there where guys pile up into each other and so on and so forth. And so starting out front is one of the better things that can happen uh, for Ryan being in that top 10, hopefully gets away from all that action. Hopefully things spread out and uh, gets a chance to race somebody down and uh, beat them fair and square. But uh, yeah, this is one of those weekends where you could see a bunch of pileups, especially on the restarts. Yeah, that, that's happened. They kind of call it it's like a mini Talladega crash or something, a mini big one. And we actually saw that at Darlington. If you, if anybody tuned into the Truck Series race, there was a just a disastrous crash that took out about half the field. And that's a much wider track. Well, I mean, Darlington's not that wide, but it's a lot wider than what they're going to be facing this weekend at Dover. So, yeah, it kind of turns into a little bit of a funnel if a couple guys spin. So, like you said, starting from the seventh position, the team uh, Penske pit crew there for Ryan has been on it, so hopefully it keeps him up front throughout the throughout the weekend, and we're able to come home with a solid finish with uh, some nice stage points and a nice finish overall. Like you said, led 37 laps, so that's completely different from all of the previous races that he run there he's run there at Dover in the past so again if you want to tune in to the Dry Dean 400 Sunday May 16th 2 p.m. Eastern time on FS1 and again you can listen to it on the radio with MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR radio and tune in again to cheer on Ryan Blaney and that number 12 team at Dover Steve taking a look at our team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League How'd you do this week? I did okay. I did not. <laughs> but I, we can probably just record that for me every week where I say, <laughs> I did not. So I think we said we before we've gotten the request, you did more than okay. He's being bashful here. Uh, so taking a look at the top five points uh, getters, I guess, at Darlington this past weekend. In first place at Darlington, we had Cool Guy 2K with 256 points. Tied for first, Mez, 12, with 256 points. Then we had Bulldog, 0277, in third. The Prime Minister, 3 in fourth. And Blaney kicks Beep in uh, fifth with 233 points. So I think you're underselling yourself when you said you just you just did okay at Darlington uh, with these NASCAR fantasy picks. But I still stand behind the fact that you are just running out and using all of the big-name drivers and uh, and not paying attention to what you're going to have to use a little bit later on in the season. So what did your at least your starting lineup look like? All right. I had Kevin Harvick, who finished fifth. I had Martin Truex, who won the race. I had William Byron, who finished third. I had Kyle Busch, who finished sixth. And I had Kyle Larson, who finished fourth. That's how I did it. Yeah. A lot of big names there, Steve. <laughs> I had five of the top six. <laughs> <laughs> For um, me? Yeah. Uh, at some point, you're right. What's going to happen is I'm going to run out of usage, and uh, I'll be starting you know, some people that won't garnish me as many points. So, I mean, I thought I had a pretty decent lineup. I had Kyle Larson as my first starter. I had Kevin Harvick. I had Chase Elliott. All three of them passed winners at, uh, no, that's wrong. They're past winners at Dover that we just talked about. Um, And then I had Tyler Reddick starting. 
another one of those guys that you know I thought is really good at Homestead. I mean, it's that kind of cliche at this point to talk about him running up and against the fence, but it's 100% true. And then I had Eric Jones, who throughout his career has been spot on. He's won the Southern 500. He won the iRacing race, so you know that definitely tells you something. So I had Eric Jones as my fifth starter. I had Kyle Busch in the garage, but I never brought him back out of there because everyone else seemed like they were having a solid run until Eric Jones did kind of have some trouble toward the end of that race, though. So wasn't exactly the best week for me in the standings. Let's take a look at where I did actually finish in this. Well, I guess it wasn't. It could have been worse. I, had, I finished in the 22nd position at Darlington as far as gaining points there. So not my worst uh, points finish overall. But let's take a look at the overall league standings for the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. In first, we have Moon Cup with 2,346 points. In second, we have Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing with 2,317 points. Holding down the third position, we have Mez 12 with 2,300 points. In fourth, we have Doug K0525. In fifth, we have I'm a Winner. In sixth, we have the Dalai Lama 4. In seventh, we have Blaney's Daisy. In eighth, we have Go Larson. In ninth, we have Rogue Tough. In, in a tie for ninth, also we have Super Mod with 2,178 points. So, Steve just continues to uh, kind of hold serve up there in the top five of this fantasy league and continues to baffle me and my wife and some other folks on how he does it every week. But like we were just saying, when you pick all the big name guys every week, yeah. you're going to gain the, some points. That's my, just, that's what I contend. It's, <laughs> you're right. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, Harvick, uh, I've used three times so far. Martin Truex, I've used eight times already. So I only got two more uses, uses left. Um, same with Kyle Larson. I've used him five times already. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's some guys that in the next couple of weeks I'll have to get rid of or not use or, and I'm hoping that maybe at the road courses, uh, I pick somebody a little bit off brand that maybe has a good finish. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to change it up for sure. So who are you looking at for this week? We talked about some of these past winners here at Dover, including Chase Elliott, Truex, Larson, Hamlin, Harvick, um, those are all guys that actually you're just naming off that you've kind of used a lot, but do you think it's worth maybe throwing Truex, who's won at Dover multiple times, back into the lineup this weekend, kind of playing the hot hand? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, they're, he's start, you know, he's going to start up front, you know, and actually that's what I was naming. When, when I was naming the, the positions, those positions are, are where they're going to be starting this week coming up, you know. So, um, you know, all those guys are up in the front. Uh, you know, Ryan will be up with them. Maybe I, maybe I throw Ryan back in there again, but I kind of want to save Ryan for the mile and a half tracks. Yep. Um, I, re I really think that's where they're going to do their best work. Um, the Toyotas, uh, or the Gibbs Toyotas specifically, are, are really good right now. You might want to throw a guy like Bell in there. Um, you know, he, he didn't have the result based on the tire issue, but he was running in the top five or six uh, before the tire issue last week. So um, Kyle Busch, like I said, now that he's won a race, you know, he's hard to beat. You know, he spins out at the beginning of the race last week and still finds his way up into the, into the top five or six. So, you know, those are the guys I, I'm, I'm looking at, basically. Um, you know, Joey uh, Joey and, and, and Ryan are the top uh, guys at Penske right now. And um, I don't know what's going on with Brad, but, uh, you know, Brad can put it together any week, too. So. Yep. so if you're looking for some dark horse picks here, I'm just going back to the finish of the fall race in 2020. 
Uh, Cole Custer finished in the top 10. Here's another interesting pick here is Austin Dillon in the three car. He finished ninth in the fall race at Dover. That RCR team has kind of been on it this year. I think when Reddit came over last year, it kind of boosted that team up a little bit. But both of those cars, I believe, finished in the top 10 at Darlington this past week. And that's happened a couple of times this year. They both ran 1-2 at Texas last year when, when Austin Dillon went to victory lane again. So um, might be worth taking a look at an RCR driver in Austin Dillon. Eric Almirola finished in the 7th position. He's due at this point for some sort of a good finish. But the downside with him is he's going to be starting pretty far back in the field due to that early crash. So... Um, yeah, I'm not really 100% sure who I'm going to start. I do, I think I have the availability at least to kind of put Harvick in there. Probably Truex. I don't think I've used him that often. So just to kind of get some of those guys, I think it's, you know, it's almost Hamlin's time. It has to be. I thought maybe it was this past weekend was going to be Hamlin's time to win. But Harvick, definitely. You're looking at those two guys that won, you know, Harvick won nine races last year. Still hasn't gone to victory lane yet. Danny was, what, six or seven races or something last year that he won too, and he's the, you know, the lone Gibbs card at this point that still hasn't gone to victory lane after Kyle Busch went there, so. Yeah, uh, Chase Elliott's another one that I haven't really used much yet, and. Um, Got to uh, save him for the road courses, though, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm saving him for, so. Yeah. <laughs> Got six more, what, or six or seven more to, to or six more to go because we ran the, the road course at Daytona. So Chase is going to be on my, my uh, fantasy roster when they head to Austin, Texas at Coda in a couple weeks. So mm-hmm, Definitely. All right, everyone, I want to thank you for tuning into this episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve, please listen to our very first episode that dives deep into how we both became fans of the Blaney racing family. If you'd like to interact with us, you can find Team Blaney on Twitter at Team Blaney and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Team Blaney. Don't forget to also download, rate, and subscribe to the Team Blaney Podcast on the Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and various other podcast platforms close out the show i want to remind you to check out the ryan blaney family foundation this organization established in 2018 supports causes that have closely impacted the blaney family including the alzheimer's association and the upmc sports medicine concussion program you can find out more about the foundation on its website ryanblaneyfamilyfoundation.org or on twitter at rbfamfoundation and then finally on facebook at facebook.com slash rbfamilyfoundation For my co-host Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next week on the Team Blaney Podcast.